I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I That's some bad hat, Andrew. It's a good story. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a good look from your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Andor Season 1. Damask mm-hmm. Leary, you are in my house. I am. What are you doing here? How'd you get in? Um, well, I'm currently sitting in my Minecraft pajamas <laughs> that I got from the Target Children's section. Yep. I've just woken up. I've got a long black in front of me. You and I went and saw... Oh, boy. I <laughs> uh, went and saw Avatar 2 at IMAX last night because our dear friend of the pod and friend in real life, Paul, made us. Um, and I want Paul that. Mitzi. I want that to be clear. He made me go. Well, no one made me go, but I had nothing else to do. A so ticket was, was bought for you. Yeah. You were uh, held at ransom as part it. of our movie club. Yep. Uh, snuck in some G&T to IMAX. It was the only way I could get through it. It. And yeah, it happened. It happened. It did happen. What are your what are your what's your what's your early review? My or, early review. Like your yeah um, an is, early morning and is it is precisely what you would expect um <laughs> from what we know of the first Avatar film. I was never a fan of that at all. Um I thought it was we a, rewatched it two days ago oh as well, just to double check. Just to really hurt ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's pretty it's very, very long. Mm. It has no substance. And I think the values within the film feel so incredibly dated in terms of family and mm. things like that, which I didn't really like. Yeah. Yeah. I think the feelings coming out of it was the first hour just dragged. Mm-hmm. The, the middle hour was really pretty, but dragged. And the last hour, which is a lot of action, was really fun, but dragged. And it's like... Everything about this film, like, it's it's a spectacle, definitely. Seeing it IMAX 3D was the way to watch it. The technology is ridiculous at this point. Like, it is just, uh, it's a, a level of its own now. But fucking hell, it could have been an hour shorter easily and just mm. been more effective, I think. Could have but just had, like, a good story. That wow. would have helped, too. Yeah. But just, it didn't need... The, the story that was there didn't mm. need three hours to tell us. Certainly didn't. If each yeah. of your acts is one hour, yeah. it's too long. Yeah. It's it, too long. It took... Spoilers for the Avatar way of water. There's a, they get to see water versions of the Na'vi. But it takes them an hour to get to that point. And it should have mm. been like 20 minutes into the movie yeah. is when we got to that point. Anyway, uh, we do have some news we need to discuss before we get to our Andor review. Uh, big news, in fact, for mm-hmm. listeners of the podcast. Hunting Seasons is closing imminently. Uh, that is to say, the podcast is going to be coming to an end 
in the next month or so, basically. Yeah, We've true. made a decision after six years uh, that it's time to move on from the podcast, try new things. It's been a lot of fun, um, but we have been doing this six years now. When we started making hunting seasons with the ambition of trying to catch up on all the <laughs> television we should, we missed, like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and stuff like this. They're the only two that we watched on that yeah, list. That, that basically <laughs> were. The Wire. We did The Wire oh, as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The Wire. Um, the it was a lot easier. Damascus and I were at very different places in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living in the same house. We were. Our work schedule wasn't so crazy. No. Relationship wise, things were different. And uh, we were, yeah, even not just living in the same house, living in the same state at least. Mm. It's a little bit different with the three hour time delay. So it's become increasingly more difficult to do. So it's just become an increasing burden on our the time we have to like spare, do spare things like. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time in my life when I've had like a proper full-time job um, <laughs> and I cannot balance the two. Certainly not um, in the context that like the podcast is in at the moment, which is like watching a season of television, exactly. quite often a season of television that I can't really be bothered watching because I don't really want to watch it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just become a bit of a burden at this stage and I, <clears throat> that's not really what I want it to be. It's become a job and that's like... Yeah, I mean, it was always going to be that, but it was a lot easier back in the day. And mm. we still love the podcast. The decision mm. has not come easily. And we love having the opportunity to hang out and talk about TV and stuff like that. So we're going to find a different avenue for that, which we'll talk about a different date. Um, but it's not going to be the podcast hunting season as we know it. It may not be a podcast at all. We'll figure out what that looks like. But um, I, I was, <laughs> I like video games as well. Mm-hmm. And there was these things that come out at the end of the year where like PlayStation, Nintendo send you like your stats on how much like video gaming you've done that year. Yeah. And I bought a PlayStation 5 when it came out, like $700, $800 machine. And it had, for this year, I'd played 22 hours of video games, which is not a very good return investment. No, it's not. You can give it to me if you want. I would like to be playing video games again. So, like, getting some time back to that would be good. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, another announcement that's going a little bit public a little bit earlier than maybe I expected, but let's do it anyway. We're expecting a baby in June, Steph and I. I'm about to say, you better clarify the we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you and your lovely fiancé, Stephanie. Yeah, so that is also going to eat into my time and ability to watch television Indeed. and review it. Bloody um, babies, really getting in So it just seems like the right time. And so the basic uh, way this is going to go down, today is our 198th mm-hmm. proper review, season review of a television show, not including mini episodes or... Um, off topic hot topics we're going to do today's episode we're going to do next week's episode then one more review mm-hmm. or next episode yep and then we'll do a final wrap-up episode which will be us discussing the podcast in general what the last six years have been like and um sort of leave it on that note there um so if you have any questions about what's going on send them our way if you have any comments any thoughts you'd like to share um any last minute uh requests for what we should uh, review though those have been decided already so good luck <laughs> with that um send them our way uh and uh we're happy to respond to that and we're looking forward to hearing from people and sorry like we're gonna miss the show everyone we've told at this point that we're gonna mm. they're gonna be ending is had like a, a sh- an element of shock in their reaction mm. um and sadness which i take as a compliment that I people think so are gonna too. miss i us. think it's um yeah, the fact that we've done it for six years. I'm impressed is by that too. Pretty impressive. I yeah. agree. Two hundred review episodes I'm very impressed by. Like mm-hmm. I really we started talking about this even earlier in the year. Back in April when I went to visit you in WA, we sort of talked about what's the future of the podcast look like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, two hundred episodes is a good round number. If we can make it to that, yeah. I think it'd be a good place to like put a cap on it and move on to do different things. Anyway, 
With all that uh, now out there for the listeners to hear, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Andor Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Andor also known as Star Wars Andor, is an American science fiction action-adventure television series created by Tony Gilroy, best known as writer of the Bourne Identity films, for the streaming service Disney+, Plus, and is the fourth live-action series in the Star Wars franchise, while also being a prequel to the spin-off film Rogue One. The series follows thief-turned-rebel spy Cassian Andor, who first featured in Rogue One during the five years that leads to the events of said film. Diego Luna reprises his role as Cassian Andor, alongside an ensemble cast including Kyle Soller, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Stellan Skarsgård, Denise Goh, Genevieve O'Reilly, Faye Marseille, Verada Sethu, and Elizabeth Dulau, among others. Andor Season 1 premiered on Disney Plus on September 21, 2022, and consists of 12 episodes, each coming in at around 48 minutes. It took us approximately 9 hours and 40 minutes to watch. A second season is currently being filmed, which will conclude the series and lead into the events of Rogue One. Damask Leary, before mm-hmm. we get to our spoiler-free review of Andor Season 1, could you please remind the listeners on your thoughts on Star Wars as a franchise as a whole, but specifically your thoughts on the Star Wars TV shows that have come to Disney+. Plus? It'd be a pleasure, an honour, and a privilege. <laughs> um, yeah, so... For the last time. For the right. last time. Oh, yay! <laughs> um, oh, if only I'd known the last time we did a fucking Marvel episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so I grew up watching Star Wars. I was... I had a huge affection for it growing up. Love Princess Leia. Um, many hours spent pretending I was, you know, pew-pewing bad guys <laughs> in the backyard. Um, and then, obviously, the prequels came out. Uh, as a young child, very much enjoyed pod racing. As I got older and those movies continued to roll out, I was like, I don't understand anything that's happening. <laughs> I don't know what to attach myself to in these films. So, I just kind of left them there. Then, you know, Force Awakens, et cetera, came out. Really enjoyed the first one. I was like, okay, cool reset. And then just quickly was like, oh, I, I'm not actually invested in this universe at all anymore. Um, whether that's story or different interests, although I think it's probably story since I still love Star Trek and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And then the show started to come out. And by that point, I was pretty checked out of Star Wars stuff. Mandalorian, I freaking love i really enjoy that um is a lot of it just cuteness yeah yeah it is and i'm happy to admit that um it gives me great pleasure to watch um i cry i laugh um do we spend too much time on tatooine of course we do always (laughs) um but i did enjoy it what was what is there other tv shows ignored we've had obi-wan and we've had the book of boba fett oh yeah uh boba fett was trash hated it um, Obi-Wan was fine. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty much how I felt about it. Also, didn't like Rogue One, didn't watch Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, is there another there's movie? The anima- there's the animated things like oh, Clone tr- Wars and I've stuff I've tried like to watch that. Clone Wars mm. and I feel like I could get into it, but like the time jumps are just too confusing and I can't wrap sure. my head around it. So, yeah. It's interesting, not, not it's super important timing, but it's interesting that The Mandalorian came out and the last episode... I think it was the last or the second last episode happened right before um, the rise of Skywalker mm. came out. Mm-hmm. It was like I think that day we were able to watch the episode before the midnight screen because there was something in that that kind of tied into something that happened in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, right. 
Um, so like we were hyped on the Mandalorian at that point, mm-hmm. like really at the height of the Mandalorian's power, and then we went and saw the Rise of Skywalker. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, similar, love the original trilogy. Uh, do not have much time for the prequel trilogy, though. I yeah, as a kid, particularly Phantom Menace, I did enjoy mm. the pod racing. The Jewel the of double Fates. lightsaber yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, fantastic. There's cool stuff in there. Yeah. Um, just this, if you examine it with any sort of adult mind, adult mind, <laughs> dumb movie. Um, in fact, all three of them are. I think they're they're pretty worthless. Those ones. And then I I love I like the Force Awakens a lot. Liked it a lot. Saw it five times at the cinemas. I think. Mm. Uh, I really like the Last Jedi though. It had to grow on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite Star Wars film since the original trilogy. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker is a heaping pile of shit, and it's ruined that entire. Prequel trilogy because of it. It's so disappointing. Mm. Um, Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian season one is great. Loved it. Mandalorian season two is very, very good. Though, if you go back and listen to that review episode, I have some strong thoughts he on how that ended. He yell at me for three hours about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, about how that series end, the season ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Book of Boba Fett was shit, except for the two Mandalorian episodes. They stuck in the middle of it, mm-hmm. uh, which were great. And oh, I think there was one of those, The Direction, I hated. Uh, it was Robert Rodriguez's episode. Oh no, directed? that was the book. But that was sorry. The oh, that was Boba Boba Fett Fett, episode sorry. Inside oh, the Mandalorian. God. Yeah, because <laughs> that was really bad. Yeah, and uh, that was in Mandalorian season two. That's mm, right. And mm-hmm. um, and Obi Wan, I was pretty disappointed by. Like, yeah. had promise, had its moments. Ultimately, I think it was a massive, like, just a terrible idea the way it was executed on, and like, emblematic of the the things that Star Wars keeps doing wrong, which is like. Concentrating on legacy characters all the time mm-hmm. and not be able to move on to tell different stories. Uh, which is why Rogue One is a film I like but don't love. Mm. I think I like the execution. Pacing is wild. Yeah, the execution of Rogue One, I think the back half is really good. Mm-hmm. Like where it gets to is great, but the first half, I feel like that film, I need to go back and rewatch it now that I've watched Andor because mm-hmm. I think I'll, I might have a different feeling on it. But like, it kind of feels like they're getting the Suicide Squad together, but they don't do the work of making me care about yeah, them that was, as a group. I had huge issues with like character and then obviously just like, and then we go here and then we go here. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 let's like sit somewhere for a little bit and get to know people. Well, there's a sequence in the rain in that film that is like where that should be the team coming together and mm-hmm. gelling together. And it just doesn't quite get there from memory. It's been yeah. five years. I've only I've watched, watched it, it once. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I need to go back and watch it again. But I remember that feeling. But the, but the back half was great. And then Hans, the Hans Solo ones, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm... With Andor, I think the thing was... The trailers impressed me, but I didn't care about this character because I wasn't a big, particularly big fan of Rogue One. Mm. I was like, why the fuck are we making this? Mm-hmm. Like, why does this exist? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always looking for something new, but it just didn't... It wasn't apparent to me why they would choose Andor to tell a yeah. story about him. So, with that in mind... Mm-hmm. Damask, would you like to give your spoiler-free review of Andor Season 1? Absolutely. All right, so bear with me. This is a very short uh, spoiler-free review. I finally I had to finish it on Brod's couch the other day. Um, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> this show took me so long to get into. I think it took three days in total for me to finish Episode 5. Episode 5? Yeah, I just... Oh, like, I just couldn't, I don't know. I just, like, it's kept burn. wanting to get on my phone and yeah, just yeah, yeah. like, no, I'll do something else I now. I, um, I watched the first four episodes as they came out, but nothing in them really hooked me. Then as the episodes continued to roll out, I saw on Twitter that every film and TV nerd was absolutely losing their mind over the show. <laughs> it's the best show on TV. 
oh, things like that, you know, like this is the type of Star Wars property that wasn't good for Star Wars. It was just good. Tweets like that, you know. Yep. Uh, but I had my doubts. I was like, mm, okay, guys, calm down. I finally ran out of time, though, as I just said, and had to complete the series for the podcast. Um, <laughs> this is why we're ending the show. <laughs> this is, that's right. This has become my life. Um, the show does get progressively better. It's a show about spies and secret rebellions, so naturally it needs time to unfold and for all the pieces to finally be stitched together bit by bit. And when it gets there and I feel the progress, I can genuinely say that it is Good. good. I was like, I watched it. I was like, yeah, no, this is this is solid. Yeah. Um, the stakes are felt more and more, although that can be wearisome from time to time. As I struggled to to connect with the lead, Cassius, mm-hmm. I think. Cassian. Uh, Cassian. I'm sorry. Cassian. Andrew. Cassian. That's how much I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say his name all that often, and I think you asked me at one point. I was like, is Andor the name of a planet? Or I did something? ask that. I was like, no, it's his, that's his surname. I was like, I was oh. like okay. <laughs> to be fair, it had been like weeks and weeks and weeks since I turned on the show, um, and before every episode, I just had to watch the recap because I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah, I think I did thing. that every episode too. Yeah. Always, it's always just good to know what's important to remember yes. from because pre- yeah. they're, they're dense at times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so there's just like a lot of um, surly looks and s- suspicious faces and sure. um, intrigue and ducking around corners and there's just a lot of that. And I found myself feeling fatigued by it, a little bored. Mm-hmm. Um, the temptation, like I said, to pick up my phone was pretty strong. So that was a real shame. But by the end of the show, I was satisfied. Mm-hmm. I could see why people really loved it mm-hmm. um, and why it was uh, a breath of fresh uh, in terms of what we've seen for Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is nice to see that, yes, you can delve away from, like you said, those legacy characters, um, get to know others, not be on Tatooine. My God, yeah. um, that was fabulous. I, the planets we saw, really enjoyed. There was one in mm-hmm. particular that I was like, oh, I want to spend a lot of time here. Um, even if it's like a below deck type reality show um, or Vanderpump Rules reality show, which is where people work in hospo okay. and look after like the rich and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. In yeah, a Star yeah. Wars okay, world. No, like I was, saying, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is something different and cool and fun. Um, lots of cute little aliens, ugly aliens. And robots. And robots, droids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there were plenty of elements for me to be like, okay, this is really cool. I, I like that they're cracking open the world yeah. or the universe. And I will be watching season two. Um, but I didn't fall in love with the show. Totally. Yeah, it w- but it was solid. Yeah. That that comment you saw online of like, this is not just great Star Wars, this is like great television mm. and like, or to go the next step in hyperbole, the best show on television at the moment. Mm-hmm. How do you react to that sort of critique? Um, I understand the excitement around feeling satisfied by a Star Wars mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. Um, and the relief one would feel <laughs> from that, having had to wait for so long and be disappointed so often. Um, do I think it's the best show on television at the moment? No, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, it's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's in the upper echelons for things that are coming out right now, this very second. But no, it's not the best TV show on. Um, And yeah, I mean, it is is good. It is a good show despite being a Star Wars property. I think that's... I think if I had to try and take that hype and hyperbole and try and distill it down to something that made made a little bit more sense, it's like... 
this felt like a show, even though it's Star Wars, that could have been at home on HBO, mm-hmm. right? Where so much quality television comes from. Like, they have- We just had The White Lotus, which we're going to review next week. Spoilers for, yep, anyway, I'll tell you that later. Uh, <laughs> with The White Lotus, right? And like that, that's a show that, out of nowhere, showed up, great quality, got a second season, great quality again. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's Succession or Euphoria, whatever. Mm. They just have hit after hit of, like, quality drama. Mm. And this felt like it could have been a HBO show. And if that's It could have been about any rebellion, you know what I mean? Which was... that's part of what I think makes it... When people talk about being not just great Star Wars, great television, it's like, Mm. it doesn't doesn't really matter that it is Star Wars. It's better for Star Wars than it is. Yes. But it's not necessarily... The show could exist without the Star Wars trappings for that to mm-hmm. still be good. And I think that's that's the compliment or that's the angle I want to take on it. Um, so, my general thoughts are, who could have predicted this show would be this good? <laughs> I certainly had no idea. I hoped, I always hoped the shows mm. would be this good. But I could have predicted it. And this sort of, to me, exemplifies, I think the other reason to be excited, exemplifies what I want more of out of Disney Plus in general. Whether mm-hmm. it's Star Wars or whether it's Marvel. Start to look to do things a little bit differently. Look at your properties and go, well, yes, we need to set this in the Star Wars universe, but how can we make it feel unique and, and be unique take- and stand on its own two feet yep. and not have to constantly be in dialogue with Star Wars that we've known all the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, this definitely has a place in the canon. It definitely is still informing other parts of the story, but it doesn't need a Skywalker in it. It doesn't even need to talk about the Force. There's not a lightsaber in sight. Like, there's so much that just doesn't need to be addressed in that regard. And, like, we talked about that She-Hulk review. What if She-Hulk had not been so concerned with being a part of the existing MCU, but more like going, okay, let's take a different angle and look at the MCU. What if this was a proper legal drama slash comedy that was looking at the reality of living in a superhero world? And this is sort of... That from a like building a rebellion, uh, building towards war sort of perspective. Yeah. If we're going for like you know making TV shows that exist in the same universe, I think if they're they're built around the idea of like it just happens to be blah blah belonging yes. here here and here, but by itself it is it's got its own thing to say and its own thing to yeah. do. Therefore, just by association, is enriching and not being so worried about. Um, tying this piece with that piece yeah. or like stating this is this is what this kind of show is in terms of like this is for the ladies or this is for the yeah. kids or whatever it is. It's just like, well, no, just if you've got a story to tell and it's a genuinely good story um, and it happens to fit into the MCU or Star Wars or whatever, people will get their eyes to it and enjoy it. I think that is the other thing too. It's like this has a genuine perspective. It has a genuine story it wants to tell that mm-hmm. – has been underappreciated within Star Wars. So much of Star Wars, like, it's in the title, Star Wars, right? It's about mm. uh, a fascist empire and the rebellions, gritty underdogs who are trying to take them down. It makes for an exciting story, makes for epic movies, but, like, does a bad job of really addressing, like, the political mm-hmm. nature of that. Like, the war part of Star Wars gets forgotten behind, behind, uh, behind like, Battleships firing lasers at yeah. ships. Well, you I know think what I mean? like the um the prequels attempt to do it from a side of like you know politics and politicians like playing that in a terrible way, not done well. But that's kind of what's trying to happen there. But I think for me, who while I grew up considering myself a Star Wars fan, now because yeah. of how much there is, I consider myself a very casual Star mm-hmm. Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really grasped the um magnitude of the struggle of 
people living under like a fascist regime um, under such an empire. And this has a real focus on what the like day-to-day looks like, the um, the yes. price of sacrifice, the price of fighting on a personal level yep. um, and not from like a chosen one level or like, yes. um, I absolutely know that I am like the hero of this story and I need to do these things. It's like, well, I don't feel like a hero, um, but I have no choice. I have limited choices now. Um, the world is closing in on me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's, it's weighted in real human emotion and connection, and that's important. Yeah, the, the way there's one thing this, this series does great, uh, one of many things really, but making me understand what the Empire is and yes. what it does to people. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, we have stormtroopers walking around in the, in the films. Yeah, but, but what does that mean? Like, yeah. And, yeah, and, and yes, they're blowing up planets, obviously big mm-hmm. bad, but that still not really doesn't tell me what their day-to-day government is. Yes. is like the governance of the people, why people would be standing up to start a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Or like if you look at Tatooine in episode one versus episode four where Luke's in, what's the difference? You don't really see a difference mm. except there are stormtroopers walking around. But we don't know what that impact is on the day-to-day lives of the citizens and mm-hmm. why. And so this goes a such a long way to help you to understand why people are like fed up with the Empire. The day-to-day the- oppression of it, yeah. And their, and their methodology. Like mm-hmm. we get to spend lots of time understanding the Empire's system yeah. and how it functions and the people who make it function. Mm-hmm. Um which is really, really, really great to it see is, it. It's yeah. like it's so refreshing. The question I have is is this the best Star Wars has ever been? Because that's what people want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it's not the most entertaining. It's not the most fun or exciting. But on some levels it possibly is the best it's been. Like it's it's the most relevant to our as an allegory, which Star Wars in many ways is meant to be, mm-hmm. it's more than just a, a hero's journey now. It's like a talking about oppression and rebellion and like standing up and sacrifice and all those sorts of things. And that's, I find, very exciting and really hits me on a different level than Star Wars ever has. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that should be celebrated a big way. It definitely took a while to get going. Everyone was telling me, just keep... Like, they released three episodes to begin with, and mm. there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Because the first two episodes are very slow burn. The third episode does pick up a little bit. But now that after that, it takes a little while to, like, find that, that momentum again. Um, but boy, it, like, it does pay off, I think. That that slow burn is kind of very deliberate. Yeah. Um, and it paid off by the end for sure. Uh, I think everything about Star Wars, especially the original trilogy, is elevated by this show. Um, as we said, knowing who the Empire is, knowing who the Rebels are and how they came to be is astonishingly good and really, really relevant. And like by merely existing those in a great show, it elevates the entire franchise. I think the thing that impressed me the most is while it's not always the most exciting or riveting, there's a tension inside the show that you, is visceral. Like you can feel this show at so many times. When it is being slow, it's because... We're trying to understand the human elements that that get to the point where you do something drastic, like start to uh, fight back against an empire. Like, you need to feel that and you need to feel the fear and the, and the, the oppression and the sadness and all those things that get you to that point Mm -hmm. and the things that you're giving up, the the parts of your humanity you might be giving up (laughs) to be a part of that as well. Um, I can't say any more without going to spoilers. I'm looking forward to talking about that. But, like, there's just so many times where just, like, 
where the show is at its best, you can feel the tension rising and you're just waiting for that dam to break. And, and uh, it's, it, it's, it was exhilarating in, at times because of the work they did to get you to that point. Um, I'm excited and honestly emotional that Star Wars is choosing to do stuff like this now. And like I said, I just hope it's... Disney can look at this and go, people really responded well to this. Mm-hmm. Let's take bigger risks with the sort of stories we tell. Let's try and do some more adult stuff. Let's not have to have this make action figures and like sell posters anymore and T-shirts. Let's create stories that adults who have been around this series for 40 years, 50 years, wherever it's going to be pretty soon, can interact with an adult level. Um, and mostly I'm just worried this is going to ruin The Mandalorian for me because The Mandalorian is a rollicking adventure series, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I, I don't know if that's what I want out of Star Wars as much anymore. Like, I think mm. I want more of this. Um, I'm looking forward to Mandalorian, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love an adventure, so I'm always going to be- Totally. Jump back in. Yeah. But but my I, I worry that my problems with The Mandalorian are going to, either it's going to course correct or it's going to continue down the yeah. path I don't like with The Mandalorian. And Andor, I feel like, is like showing me there's a, there's, this is the way, not that is the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, score or, score for this one, Damask, how would you score it out of five stars? I think for my like overall enjoyment, I've got to give it a 3.5. But for the actual show itself, I'm giving it a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a pretty high four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it... It's fun- yeah, it's, it's funny to say like three is decent, right? Like it's better than decent. It's just mm. it's just like engagement wise wasn't always excellent, mm-hmm. but the quality of the show is excellent. The quality of the writing is excellent. The quality of the performance is excellent, and at times, masterful to the point where it, it can be compared to a HBO show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to reward it with that. I, f- I almost want to give it a four point five, but I think a four is sort of where I'll come down on it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Come on, guys. We've given you six years of our life. (laughs) Nothing helps the show to grow more hmm, than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. We'd also love you to share hunting seasons with friends and family who you think might also enjoy listening. Now, remember, while we've only got a couple of episodes left, this show will be up for people to enjoy for years to come. All right? And... I was about to say, these shows aren't going anywhere, but HBO Max is deciding to remove all of its shows pretty yeah. much from the streaming service. You so, who knows? You can't watch Westworld on HBO Max anymore. <laughs> like, it's gone. It's wild. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just sh- share it um, if you have enjoyed us over the years. We'd really appreciate it. Next episode, we'll be back with our review of The White Lotus Season 2. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of The White Lotus, if you have any thoughts on Andor, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at 
hunting.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Andor Season 1. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I was trying to figure out how we should um, break up the mm-hmm. deep dive. And they, we can either do it by character, I feel like, or we can do it by like, it's sort of like, Sections. Yeah. There's like the start on um, Ferrix, I think it is at the start. Then uh, I've got this written down somewhere. The names of different plants. Then there's stuff on Adani, and then there's stuff on um, oh, what was that prison planet called? Narkina Five, and then we go back to Ferrix again. Um, how would you like to do it? What do you think is the best way to do it? Uh, maybe in sections. I think sections might be yeah. the, the way. So especially because it feels like there's momentum and movement mm-hmm. through those different sections. So the first sort of three episodes, which is probably the bit we both, and I think everyone, mm. struggled with the most with this show, yeah. was those first three episodes set on, um, I think it's Ferrix, if I said that right, um, which is like where Cassie's is living now with his mother, um, and he, we actually meet him the very first scene on a different planet, and he has like an interaction with a couple of cops and actually kills one, yes. and has to kill the other one to sort of get away, and mm-hmm. he's being chased down by not the Empire, but like this corporate security group mm-hmm. that is sort of working underneath the Empire. But by the time yep. they've fucked this up completely, the Empire take over. Um, what do you make of this sort of first? Oh, we also have the flashbacks to like, yep. we're seeing like the story of young Cassian and whatever home planet he came from originally. Um, and then him and his sister and they this I think it's an empire ship comes down they mm-hmm. go to investigate some shit goes down he gets sort of saved and adopted by his mother Martha I've forgotten her name Marva? already Marva that's right Marva what did you make of this sort of first three episodes um I feel like I made it pretty clear yeah. um yeah so it was very slow I struggled um there was it was weird. It was like a lot going on, but also not a lot going on. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we're like bouncing between like flashbacks of childhood um, trauma and um, obviously who he is now, which is a, you know, a bit of a a rogue investigating what happened to his sister, trying to yeah. find her. I was like, okay, all right. Um Waiting for this to get a little bit more interesting, um, mm. figure out exactly what's going on here. I don't know. I just didn't know where to place myself in it yeah. um, or how to feel about it. He's um, you know, a very closed off character, understandably. I mean, we have the context for that, of course. But um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't care, I suppose, at that point. Yeah, it's the... It's trying to do a lot in terms of like setting up a status quo. Yeah. Um, we've got to then care about Cassian pretty quickly because we need to care. He's killed these cops and that the corpo security group, or whatever, is mm-hmm. after him. Um, Ferrix is also not at this point necessarily a particularly interesting place, no. I don't think. It's kind of, it's not Tatooine, which is good. Um, and it is unique in that like it's all about this very um, like workers. Uh, it's like a mining town. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Like, it's, they're, like, making bricks. Everything's made of brick. It's, yeah. it's different to what we expect from Star Wars normally, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, so, yeah, very, like, blue-collar sort of planet, I guess. The... But, yeah, it's it's such a... And then the, the stuff, the backstory stuff is kind of opaque as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I guess I figured out it was Cassia, 
Cassian pretty early. Yeah. But it's not until he meets Marva on board the ship that you really start to put together what the importance of this was. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like waiting for the shoe to drop on yes. this stuff. Uh, it does take a while. Uh, there were elements of it though I liked. Like I appreciated like seeing them like hang their gloves up at the end of the like the details of the world. Mm-hmm. We're interesting hanging their gloves up at the end of the day when they've come back from the mines or whatever they were doing or or I think they're pulling apart like scrap from the ships from the war and stuff and then um, like the the guy that's banging on the anvil to do like mm-hmm. the start of the work day and the end of the work day and stuff like that. Things like that. Yeah, the world building is great. World building yeah. was great in that. Um, I loved B two emo the little. <laughs> Uh, droid that Marva yeah, has. almost like too cute, and not in the way of like those little like what are they called pogs or whatever that I've pogs pogs that I'm like okay all right you just want to sell some plushies, but um too cute in the way that I'm like I can't deal mm-hmm. with this robot like not being loved as much Cassian. as it should be yeah you know like I was like it's just too emotionally like I was like <laughs> heart wrenching I'm like oh no someone give the poor thing a hug. I think the thing was, I do think he was, the, he's the most loved droid I could ever remember in Star Wars. Yes. So often droids are just sort of like, at best, like a thank you buddy to yeah. R2, but so often they're treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they're yeah. just, like, no one takes C3PO seriously, yeah. ever. Um, I just want to, like, Cassian to stop leaving. You know what I mean? Sure, I was totally. just like, stop it. Yeah. yeah. But that's because it's like he had that puppy dog nature of every time you came home, I he was know, super excited I you're know. back. I missed you because you were gone. Oh, it breaks my heart. Which was heartbreaking yeah. at the end when Marva died. It was just like, oh, oh no. no. But everyone's trying to look after B2. I, I love that. I, I thought know. that was lovely. And I like that he's got his like, it's obviously a recharging station, but his little yeah. dog bed and yes, stuff. Exactly. I'm like, it's adorable. It is. It's, it was, it was yeah. a great... They, st- they can still do droids right on Star mm-hmm. Wars. That's mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but alongside that, we did have a couple of other characters. We had Cyril, for instance, who is like the corpo guy. He's like oh, yeah. um, the guy who decides they need they need to get this guy. These two murders took place. Mm-hmm. His guy in charge of him is like, hey, don't worry about it. It was an accident. They just came across the wrong guy. It was an accident. They came across the wrong guy. It's not worth our time. He's like, fuck that. Rules are rules. Justice must be served. Yeah. I'm going to go out of my way to bring in a platoon to bring this Cassian He's got a real down. rules are rules haircut as yeah, well. You can, you can really tell this guy What's loves he, a rule. I love the detail that he like has his suits tailored to make mm-hmm. them fit yeah. him better. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not regulation yeah. or anything. It's like it's not what's expected, but he's gone that extra level mm-hmm. to be super official. Yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, somehow gets the backing of a couple of like uh, – trigger-happy security guys to go in and get him, and disaster happens because yep. of it, um, which ultimately gets the Empire to take over in Ferex. He was a very... I enjoyed his character at that stage more mm-hmm. because his motivation, and, like, you could see either this is the beginning of a villain or the beginning of, like... A, like a turn. A, well, it could also be, like, watching someone, like, make a huge mistake, like, way out of their depth. They mm-hmm. think they're, they know what they're doing. They think they're doing the right thing, but they just completely... F- Fuck it up, which is what happens ultimately. Um, and we also get to meet Luthen, um, Skellen Skarsgård's character, mm-hmm. who is sort of like what's his uh, empire name? Axis. He's like yeah, that's right. yep. the 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 man in the shadows who's sort of building the rebellion mm-hmm. piece by piece, slowly over the the galaxy. Um, who are, he's he's a fantastic performance and. Just a very yeah, intriguing. one of my favourite characters. Yeah. Luthen and what's her name? Mon Martha. Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. 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 Not okay. Mothra. Mothma. Mothma. Mon Mothma. Um, yeah, love her. Yes. And I don't really get introduced to Mon Mothma, I don't think, until episode four. Like, mm. they, they do a deliberate thing of, like, 
introducing characters at these certain junction points. Yeah. But Luthen gets introduced early on. He's decided that Cassian is of interest and he's useful and mm-hmm. is going out of his way to try. I still and, don't quite yeah. understand why. Am I meant to at this stage? Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think he did tell pretty early on. He explains to him why he wanted him. Um, I think he just saw an opportunity for a man who was desperate on mm-hmm. the run and um, had skill sets, I think is yeah, what he okay. understood about I him. I think I'm always like waiting for, with Star Wars in particular, like the chosen, the chosen one, one narrative. No, yeah, cool. It's okay. not that. I'm glad and, I didn't miss that. It was and, just, yeah. And in fact, the story of the season is that Luthen did not actually intend for him to be a, a long-standing part of the rebellion. Yeah. There's a, a, the second half of the season is Luthen's like, we have to kill Cassian because he knows he, end, I yeah. was I was messy with him. I wasn't as clean as I should have been. Yep. And um, he's a loose end that needs to be tied up. And the, the very, very end is him going, okay, you're a true believer now. Actually, you're going to be part of the rebellion mm-hmm. long term. Um, and that's, that's part of Luthen's arc. So, like... Yeah, it was never a chosen one thing. It was mm. like you're useful and but you're disposable mm. as well. Uh, but that beyond that, it's hard to take much more away from that first. It still gets the ball rolling by the end of that first three episodes. Cassian's on board loot with Luthen and he's dropping him off at Aldani and saying, "You need to go. This is your job. I'll pay you for it." He needs the money. He wants to escape Ferex. He's a man on the run. He wants to take Martha, um, Martha with him. I'm left there. At the end of episode three, I was kind of like, that was better. Like, the action sequence mm. and stuff were more exciting. The build-up, watching it, um, uh, Cyril's sort of plan sort of all go to shit. But I wasn't, still wasn't loving the show. No. At that point. Not at all. Second set of episodes mm-hmm. is the stuff where we go to Aldani, I believe is the place. Yes. Which is, there's a heist, a plan from a group of rebels hiding out in the mountains mm-hmm. to steal the quarterly payroll of a empire yeah. sector of the empire, basically. I got to say, how many um, was it? Two episodes we actually spent on that planet, three. and then we three. I think it's three because he first he gets so dropped off there at the start of episode four. Mm-hmm. He meets um, Mon Mothma's cousin, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, it's like. It starts with K, I think. Yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of names. I don't remember all of them, to be honest. I don't remember any of them, so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they sort of walk their way to the camp. I think at the end of that first, that fourth episode, mm. they're at the yeah. camp, basically is meeting them, and they've got to decide mm-hmm. whether they're going to trust him enough to be a part yeah. of the mission. I think it was at this stage where I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be... I'm this. I'm going to... My experience of this season is going to be waiting, yeah. is, is what I felt at that stage. And um, getting to know this new set of characters who I ultimately didn't really care about even at the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, watching the, like the preparations for the heist, the, um, the distrust in one another, all of those kind of beats that you've probably seen before in like a heist film, particularly when like a new guys come in. Kind of. It doesn't, it doesn't have that energy to it though. It's not a, like a, it's not like a heist film energy. It is a, this is the plan. It's basically a suicide mission. We've been working on this for six months. At any stage, it could fall apart. It's extremely risky. and There's no guarantee it's going to work. And it was, it, to me, it was more a build-up of like, it's like that when they're walking and the guy decides to, uh, one of the, the guys on the mission, it's like attacks Andrew. He's got, he's has mm. suspicion about him. He finds he's got that crystal that Luthen gave him, which is like his, um, uh, what's the word? But like he, he gave it to him and said, keep this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's my down payment essentially on yeah. what you have to do. And Cassian talks about, it's like, don't use me as the excuse if you don't want to do this. The day before is always hard. It's that like, 
It's so it's like it's a discussion of the preparation, the courage it takes to do something this drastic. Mm. And that's ultimately like rewatching that those little bits with you when you were watching again, mm. in hindsight are so much stronger because you know where it ends up and like what yeah. what what the what happens and who dies and like the danger was real and half of those people are dead. I think only two of them uh, three of them survived of the six or whatever survived by the end of that. Yeah. And watching but also watching like one of the things Cassian talks about is how easy it is. It's like in some ways all you gotta do is rock up and pretend you're part of it and they don't think for a second that we're capable of just doing it. They they're so fat and satisfied, I think he says. Mm. They wouldn't they wouldn't even dream that you would try something this brazen. And watching them do exactly that for the most part. Like they're it's- I just think like sure, like in, in hindsight or whatever, great awesome. In the, like the present, watching it for the first time, I'm like, sure. so they're gonna steal some money. Yes. Okay. All right. Like I just was not invested at all in this heist. I think as we go along and you see one the level of control the empire has, mm-hmm. and while it might seem small, sometimes it's only like you know the death by a thousand cuts or whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like the strategy, and that comes uh, clearer and clearer as the season goes on. Um, and you see that while it's going to be lots of small things, just being able to do it um, is important. Having the strength to do it is important. But at the time, I'm like, so they're stealing money. Yeah. Okay. But the well, but see, that's again something I like. It's like it's not we're blowing up a Death Star. You mm. know what I mean? It's not. That's not where the empire. That's not where the rebellion's at yet. In mm. fact, um, Miro set calls this. It wasn't a small thing. She calls this an announcement. This is a big deal. Like, mm. you are daring to steal directly from the Empire. This was not a something. This was not stealing a little navigation device that will go missing and, you know, people will just, like, you know, do mm. the paperwork and pretend it's not there. This is, and people will know about this. It makes the news. The rebellion is a thing mm. that is happening now. We are going to do the Robin Hood situation, yeah. essentially. Which, like, like, it was a big I, deal. Which I understand. I'm just saying, yeah. like, the emotional stakes weren't there at that time. Not on, not from the Rebellion point of view. And, yeah, by the end of the season, when you, like, when you get to the Rick's Road stuff and you care yeah. about those people more and you care about mm. them uprising and, like, yeah. fighting the power directly, you feel it yeah. more. But I still... It is interesting because, like, yes, I didn't necessarily care about those six people going on that mission. But I did... I did invest in... Obviously, how dire it was, and like mm. that, these people were true believers. Like one of them's writing a manifesto that has been handed down to Cassian, is going to inform sort of his state of mind going forward. Mm-hmm. And they are true believers who are willing to put their lives on the line to do something that you know, if they don't make it past the first checkpoint, no one's going to know they did yeah. anything. I think the, so the episode where we are actually doing the heist, and we it's see, and we see that like the inside guy, um, yes. Like that sequence, that episode, I was very much enjoying. So good. Like, I think also having that man on the inside made me go, there's like so much work has been done here. You know what I mean? It's not just like flying in, pew, 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 flying out. Like there has been like months, years of preparation, um, so much like sacrifice, all that stuff. Like it really came, it did ultimately come together for me in that, in those moments. I'm just saying like, you know, that, 
one or two episodes where they're just like in the valley or whatever. I was sure. just like, I'm bored. Yeah, it's I, I get that. It is a show. So much of the show is a show of discussion that leads to eventually to action, mm-hmm. right? And I thought those three episodes in Aldani were more successful than the, the episodes on, on Ferrix to begin oh, with. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but yeah. even like you're talking about the amount of preparation. Like I love the discussion when Andor, like they're walking, it's like, you're going to fly this thing. It's like, okay. well, they're talking about, he starts asking questions like, do you do you know how to do this? They ask him, like, what's this? Like, how do we do this thing? It's like, mm. there's a lever right there. You guys don't know that? Holy fuck. I am going to fly that. I know. It's just that, like, watching... It's almost a procedural in, like, how to form a rebellion. It's like mm. watching the scrappy underdogs and what it actually takes to become the re- rebels that we know. They don't just suddenly have X-wings yeah. and shit like that. Like, it's... Is so much work and sacrifice, and I don't know. I, I again, it, it works even better the longer you get into it. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the problem is like you have to invest in the the tone and the approach that the show is taking. But once you're in it, and I think by like those sequence episodes, particularly, I started to understand what the show was. Um, then alongside all that, we're going to move on for that for a second. Though mm-hmm. that let's the heist was amazing. Mm. The eye stuff, like the the, yep. the asteroid stuff, was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The actual way that all went down, I thought was wonderful. Um, we do have now get to know Luthen uh, as who is undercover mm. as like an art seller on Coruscant. Hilarious, yeah. And him talking the with the wig Mothma. work that he does the every day. The wig work every day. <laughs> this, the way he like puts on mm-hmm. the mask, essentially, yeah. he, the face he puts on, um, and then the ways the codes and the sort of way they discuss, like the bit where there's, there's a bit where later in the season when he's talking to his assistant, whose name I don't remember, and they're like over comms, they know mm. that could be being tracked, so they're talking in terms of like negotiations to get the peace, and there are yeah. other buyers, yeah, and all yeah. That yeah. Stuff. I'm yeah, loving yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the discussion with Mon Mothma when they have to, when she comes in, she's going to buy a present for her husband, mm-hmm. but they're having discussions about like moving the money and stuff like that, and all of that's very that spy work is very exciting I'm, and fun. I really enjoyed. Pretty much every single one of those scenes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> what planet? Is that Coruscant? That's Coruscant, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is great to see too because Coruscant was always like, if I think about the prequels, it's like that's where the Jedi are. Mm-hmm. That's where the Senate is. Mm-hmm. And there's that one sequence in uh, Attack of the Clones where they sort of go to the nightclub district and the bounty hunters. But it's like Coruscant is a place didn't feel very real. Mm-hmm. It was just like a big city yeah. planet. And then- like even spending time with like um with Cyril who's living with his mum there and like the brutalist architecture that would make up this metropolis planet mm. felt like oh I get the feeling of living on Coruscant for the first time ever. Like I don't know. I really enjoy that stuff. Go on, sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I loved pretty much every scene on Coruscant. I love Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Nailed it. Um one, I'm just very attracted to her um, as as a leader, as a senator, um, as a wife who hates her husband, <laughs> um, and also the kind of the game she has to play. I was like, oh, this is like this is what the prequels couldn't do. Yes, like they just did not have the ability to do it at all. Um, realizing that she's in such a precarious situation, trying to figure out. A way out of it, yeah. Hoping that she can trust um, 
the person that she wants to trust, her like childhood friend or whatever. Peter Townsend from The Crown Season 1 too, yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, when she was like kind of uh, hinting at him, and they're, yeah. they're talking around like, although quite like openly really when you consider the, the stakes about their political leanings. Yes. Um, I was like, don't do it. Then I was like, but then again, if I was in trouble and I needed to talk to someone, I probably would just call Brad. I'm like, well, I feel like we've got like enough of a relationship that you're not going to entirely fuck me over, but who knows? Yeah. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, with that, with that context that they know each other from another life and know each other in a different way than purely politics or, and power. Well, well, he's the one who offers up the vulnerability first. Like, but this, he does, this is a yeah. great scene. I agree. Like yeah. in terms of the writing and watching. When he said that, I was like, oh, thank God. It, it, yeah. Again, you're watching the action is not taking place. Mm-hmm. Pew, 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 lightsaber, vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah. It's like, she has a job. Mm-hmm. She's trying to court this guy, hoping that she can trust him. Yeah. He is the first one to offer up that he is actually Well, he goes, please don't tell me. Yeah. Please don't tell me you because I have changed quite a bit. my politics are too strong for your taste. Yes, which At is which point great. you see her go, holy shit, yeah. we're actually on the same page here. Yeah. And then, then as they walk through the party and they're continuing to try mm-hmm. and put on the mask, but- but in in plain sight, start to like mm-hmm. build a uh, uh, a funding network for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. It's like it was so good. And it's like from time to time, she's just like smile, and he quickly just has a smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was a wonderful scene. Love that scene. Yeah, and I think that, like that that I think there are lots of scenes that are work on a level like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or they like there are some great speeches in this season as well. Like mm. there's that one with Luthen is talking with, like, he's got his man on the inside of the IBS. That's my favourite moment, yeah. And he, like, he's, like, asks, like, what are you sacrificing? And that whole discussion yeah. about, like, the the humanity he has to, yeah. like, completely discard, yeah. the, the what it takes to do what he what is I doing. What I loved in that scene and that speech in particular was when that the man on the inside says it, and I and I was very much like, yeah, like what are you sacrificing? Yeah. Like this fucking like puppet master, whatever. Totally. And he absolutely schooled me. And I was <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Like I was like, that's a really valid point because you always, you know, those characters exist within other stories. Of course they do. Yeah. Um, you know, these figureheads of rebellions and the man in charge who just like is so cold and dead. And one assumes that like they got to that position because that is who they innately are. Mm-hmm. And then to have him very seriously say like, well, it's not who I am. I have absolutely killed myself from the inside out in order to do what I have to do for others to like, what is it? See, so a a sun will rise that I'll never get to see or whatever it is. And just being like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Valid. Fair enough. I'm on your side. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Like there are moments like that. There's a, the speech that um, uh, Andy Serkis' character gives over the, Intercom, where he's trying to, when they trying to get everybody out, mm-hmm. they cause the rebellion inside the prison in the in the third sort of. I gotta say things. that it did make me laugh a little bit because um, Cass was like, you know, you have to do it. You're the only one yeah. who, who who can do it. Um, but then he, pretty much the entire he speech, uses, he's just quoting that's Cass. The point. That's the point, right? It's like he he knows that Andy Serkis's character. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit yeah. here, but he knows Andy Serkis's character is like he. Already commands respect. He's been doing that job. He, you know, you're right. the first, you get there. Yeah. You're he's in charge. He gets them working. He has that authority, but he's way out of his depth when it comes to this side of things. However, Cassian knows it has to be him. It can't be 
Cash himself. That being but said, but my question was: Do the said, people on the other levels know who he? Well, is? a lot of them do because they're they're there's going to. Well, first of all, he just understands how to talk to the prisoners. Like there is a methodology mm. there, mm-hmm. but also at least some of them because they're like the day shift and the night shift are passing each other. Like there's there's some association and right. stuff there for okay. sure. He um he may be moved through different levels at different times as well, mm. and already have some respect to the other groups. That's the truth of it, is that Cassian is a leader. Mm. He can be that guy. Yeah. He just couldn't be in that moment. But it was like, it was a proving point for both of them, which is why I liked about it as Mm -hmm. well. It's like when he uses Cassian's words himself, yes, Cassian can be a leader. He's not a true believer at that point. Mm. He's literally just trying to get the fuck out of there at that point. Um, This whole season is him becoming the guy that will eventually be a true leader. Ah, See, as we talk about those moments and those, like, the build-up, the payoff is so strong so often in this show. Mm-hmm. When it's like, yeah, you might have a slow episode where it's a lot of talking and you wonder how much you care about these characters. But then when you get to the, when the rubber hits the road, it is so strong mm. that all that work paid off, I think. Throughout the season, that's the bit that impresses me. Um, and even if I went back and I think I watched the original three episodes, I'm going to have a much better interpretation of it the second time round. Knowing yeah. where we end up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just going back to Luther for a second, I loved his escape sequence at the end of episode 11. Like, Is that with, in the with ship? With the tractor beam. Oh, yeah. my God. I was like, this guy is like Iron Man. It's like, all his cool. gag- gadgets and stuff. I was like, all right, cool. That was rad. Mm. Like, the shooting the thing yeah. and then the the like the lightsabers that came out of the side. Yeah. And like, that was cool. <laughs> it was a close thing to a lightsaber all episode. Uh, anyway... Let's move on to the third sequence there, which is when... <laughs> I love this. There was like a mini bridge episode, like episode seven, where Cassian goes back to uh, Ferrix for a second. Mm. Has that wonderful sequence with um, Marva where he's like, come with me. And she's like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here. I can't do much. And maybe it's doomed, but I'm going to fight the Empire because fuck the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I, I won't have peace because I'll be worried about you. It's like, well, that's lo- just love. Can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking. Um then he says, I'm going to come back. And she says, I know you will. Of course, he never sees her again alive. Mm-hmm. That's very sad. But then he goes to Space Florida yeah. and has an interaction with Space Cops, Florida mm-hmm. Cops. Um, I really enjoyed Space Florida. Yeah. That was the one where I was like, this is cool and fun and new. Like, obviously, we saw, like, the casino world. Yeah. Um, Which in- they did mention Canto Bite, actually. Yeah. At one point in this. Um, but I very much just... Just enjoyed watching, like, ridiculous little alien sunbaking. I was like, this is wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much for this gift. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then we have the uh, the brutal police force who were just like... Including a, a K-series droid, which we know he gets mm-hmm. uh, the Alan Tudyk K2SO, I think it is, droid later on in uh, Rogue One. So, I imagine we'll see how that comes to be in um, Season 2. Um, but, yeah, then gets brutalized by the cops, gets... Unfair trial and goes to prison for six years. Yeah, insane. I'm just a tourist. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. And then ends up on a fucking dystopian prison planet. Mm. Holy shit, yeah. that oh, was Oh, there grim. is sorry, there is one thing I want to say. Yes. I did find it so we, we, we get to Florida, Space Florida. <laughs> um and then I got to say, he is walking around so suspiciously, which the cop says, like, why are you looking around so much? And To which I said, yeah, why are you looking around so much? Like He's a tourist. What's he going to do? But he's, like, looking at, like, all the drones and stuff and just I looks, see. like, terrified. And he's clearly just, like, watching well, out for cops and stuff. True. It, that was just, like, true. frustrating to me as a man who's on the run. Um, so then, like, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm kind of, like, jumping back into this show. Um, enjoyed, like the heist and stuff. 
And now we get to that scene where he's like going to prison for six years. And at that point, I needed another break. I'm like, really? Another like full, like another comma in this show? And I was annoyed. And so I stopped watching for the day. Oh, right. I was like, I can't be bothered to do this. And then obviously, then we jump into the actual prison episodes. And I was like, well, 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 isn't this a nice surprise? Yeah. It was it was um obviously a stressful, terrible time, but a great time in the in the show. The the realization of like that scenario, the the floor that will electrocute you, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the rules on like they're constructing something we don't know what it is. Yeah. Did you watch the um did you see the I after credit sequence? So we- I assume that's what they were building from yeah, the beginning yeah, yeah. though. Um, um but yeah, it's like more I love just the like irony of that though. World you'll building never know that. another place we are that's actually like Oh, I'm really enjoying figuring out how this all works. The, the, the function of it. Yes. It's like solid. It's yeah. not fantastical. You're not left going, how does that work though? Mm-hmm. Sort of scratching your head, which sometimes they'll hand wave things. It's mm-hmm. like this system, this is how it works. This is how they have control. Mm-hmm. This is what control looks like. The sheer just, yeah, dystopian nature of that entire thing, mm-hmm. very 1984 type stuff, yes. was like so engrossing. And then- I think where people really started to like hype up this show, I remember seeing Never More Than 12 was the sentence I kept saying, like um, Annie Circus's line at the end mm. of episode eight, I think it is, nine, where he, the whole time he's like, I've got 200 fucking days left. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, you know, fighting back, whatever. And yeah. then watching the doctor tell them it's like, yeah, a whole floor got wiped out and, and yeah. it's going to happen to all of us. They just like recycle us to different <clears throat> places. Like no one's going anywhere. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, and or how many guards are there? Never more than 12. End of episode. Yeah. Like goosebumps. Yeah, it was good. Spine tingling really good. good. Yeah. Andy Circus is just always a delight and he was like is. so well used in this. I mean, it is a great section of the story. Oh. I mean, just, just the, con- yeah, like we were talking about, the construction of it to like give you like, the bare minimum of what you need, like all the food you could want to eat, though it doesn't have any taste. Yeah. Um, you can earn that though. You can earn some flavor one yep. day if you yeah. win. Yeah. You completely grind your bones into dust yes. to make this thing yeah. for the Empire. And just yeah. like, yeah, you can see how people just sit in and do their time and think they're doing their time. You're like, okay. And you, you even see Cass like getting to the rhythm of life because it is like so overwhelmingly hopeless in terms of um, the, the, tiny hope you might have of escaping it just simply doesn't exist is how how could it um Cass going along with things and then you know but he is who he is he wants freedom little plans here and there and then yeah the horror of obviously we have you know the Shawshank Redemption Birdman um who if you remember that film there's like the old guy in the prison yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah we have that kind of character who's always like tragic to see die um and then the realization of oh, there is no escape because why would why would there be? Uh-uh. Um, and the devastation going back into their little kind of pods and uh, just kind of discussing the fact that okay, we realize what's going on now. We all just gonna, let's have a sleep on it and think about what we're going to do next. Amazing. And then yeah, obviously you get that great line from Andy Circus of never more than twelve. Which makes you go, well, I'm definitely watching the next episode now. <laughs> My God. Yeah. And a fantastic, like, episode in its own right. Like, the prison escape. I loved it. I loved it so much. So yeah. good. Mm-hmm. The the execution on that plan. Things don't go completely no. right the whole time. No. People are dying. Bit of a mess. Of a bit of a mess. Makes sense. Way it was going to be. Yeah. 
But ultimately, I, I love my... I think my favourite shots in that is like... Because Andor is right, that they're... If we realise that there's 5,000 of us and like 100 of them mm-hmm. or something like that, there is just no comparison. We will yeah. overrun them. Um that bit where they're like running through the halls and all the guards like hold up in like yeah. a cupboard somewhere. It's like, yeah, that's that's what's gonna happen. They're not gonna be fucking heroes. No. They don't want they don't nothing care that for. much. Yeah. They're just that's a paycheck to them. That's mm-hmm. the only reason they're there. They just And it would be terrifying. It would be fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's like, of course that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. The ending of that is very Oh, that moment where Andy Serkis is like, I can't swim, and then Andor, we don't know what happens to yeah. him at the end. Like Andor gets pushed off. We just don't we just don't know what happens no. to Andy Serkis' character is uh Kind of wonderful and heartbreaking at the same time. That that that's some of the best television we've watched, I've watched all year. Honestly, the 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 stuff inside the prison, those three episodes, so good, it just good. so so well developed and executed upon, and the payoff mm-hmm. over three episodes. Um, meanwhile, around this time, we're starting to get to know Miro, this officer inside the I IBS, is it? Oh, yes. ISB? ISB. ISB. Not irritable bowel syndrome. I, yeah, I always thought it was IBS. I'm like, mm, that's a bit funny. But yeah, I'm sure it's ISB or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's introduced until episode four. Mm. Uh, but she's sort of on the... She's someone who thinks there is this underground. There's something going on. There is more than just random bits and pieces being stolen from the Empire. There mm. is a bigger thing going on. And then when Aldani happens, um, she's sort of given a lot more control and is... Yeah, going to get Cassie to find this Axis guy. Obviously, like they are the quote unquote bad guys. But watching her just have some great wins at work, I was like, well, well argued, well reasoned. Dead Um, set though. That is, and she was right. Yeah, 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 it It, was really satisfying, which was weird. Which is is great writing. Awful. Yeah. Right, obviously, mm-hmm. willing to use torture to get what she mm-hmm. needs out of people, um, and is just like stone cold, heartless, like enforcer of the of the law mm-hmm. or of power. Mm-hmm. But, but there is something that, satisfying yeah. in watching her do her yeah. work. But before <laughs> that, you just see her like you know in an, in her office job, going to like meeting after meeting. We've all been there, um, and then just like you know being very good at her job, very perceptive, um, and like. Having and to being like underestimated and totally underestimated, yeah. and just to see her kind of like, no, 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 these are the facts. I'm going to do kind of what I have to do, a little yeah. under the table stuff. But by the time I get all that information, all that evidence that you want, bam, now I, now I can um, investigate it, which it was really satisfying. It's satisfying to see her learn. Like the first time mm-hmm. she brings up this thing, she's like talked down by the other guy mm-hmm. who's not interested in sharing his um, sector with her and then like the head guy who was in um, he was one of the maesters in Game of Thrones or whatever mm-hmm. and like um, oh, he was the one that brought back the mountain yeah yeah that's right anyway um, uh, like not enough go back and get back in your lane she learns from that mm-hmm. okay I'm going to do this again but I'm yeah. going to have yeah. the hard data yeah. and then all of a sudden she's an asset she's impressive mm-hmm. um that was satisfying to watch. Yeah. And she's also very good at just playing... Like, it's a really probably straight bad guy, but there's something compelling about her performance. Her, like... Ug- like, she's a very attractive lady. And just mm-hmm. this screwed up scowl she has yeah. is really... menacing. you believe in yeah. her intensity and her power. Um, I also found the... When they had Bix and they were torturing her mm. with the screams of these mm. fucking alien children when they yeah. were massacred... But the nature of the guy explaining the torture method so nonchalantly. It's still in like beta mode or whatever. They're like, I've got some kinks out of, out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane. Just the way he like was talking about like he was sharing his video game for the first yeah. time or something like that. Like yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't torture. It was like, it was chilling. Mm-hmm. 
he was he enjoyed it on some level. Oh my god, that mm-hmm. all of that was. There's a lot of bits about this show. I think are very, 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 very <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I agree. Um, they escape the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a little while, but Andor gets back to Ferex. Mm-hmm. However, Marva has died in the meantime. R.I.P. How do you feel about Marva as a character? Um, uh, she she serves the plot. She serves sure. the plot, played by a wonderful actress. Yeah, no, sure. Um, love, love, love. I mean, I felt really sad at her funeral. But in terms of character, we don't spend a whole lot of time with her, do we? Not re. I mean, yeah, not really. There's a, there's a few conversations here and there. It's really just between her and Andor, or between her and Cassian. Sorry. Yeah. Um. I mean, she is the the tether to the life before, you yes, know. Um. Yes. And so to lose her is gut wrenching for the character, and I think because we understand what that means, also gut wrenching for the audience. Mm-hmm. Um. But as the character, I can't really speak. Too much on it, really. Yeah, I think I think we're more just uh, attached to her, and, and um, we like her because of her connection to Cassian. But you said you struggled to get to like Cassian's a character you didn't connect with particularly, or you found not, you struggled with him. Not overly. I mean, towards the end, um, I I enjoyed him more, particularly after the prison escape. Yeah. Um, I really saw his value as a character um and what i'm I'm sure will enjoy more from him in the future is that like ability to like rally help um do what he needs to do Mm -hmm. particularly now that he's you know his heart is in the thing that he's doing um yes so that's gonna be good um yeah i i I felt more for cassian at the end but it took a long time because he seemed so detached from the story that he was in. Yeah, well, he's kind of in denial for so mm. much of it. It's mm-hmm. like he's he's preoccupied at the beginning with searching for his sister, which seems to be a complete fantasy. I do wonder whether it's going to come back. I kind of hope it doesn't. I hope yeah. Marva's right. It's like, it's not, it's mm-hmm. not a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe channel that into your hatred for the Empire rather yeah. than trying to find her. Yeah. It's sort of, I think, is the takeaway here. It's like, do what you can to, to get back at them rather than try and find her. Um he just he just wants to get away. He wants some peace, and then he's got to come to this place where it's like, well, now his mum's died and his sister's gone, and he's got nothing else left. Yeah, he can't go back to Ferrix ever again. Yeah. What's he going to do? Um, I really enjoyed the build up into that Marvis funeral. Mm-hmm. The exp- even the explanation on the way of what the importance of Rick's Road as a place, a place that Marvel wouldn't cross anymore because yeah. her partner had been killed there. Mm-hmm completely unjustified by the Empire. She's this burning hatred she's been burying for a long time, but the end of her life, she's like, fuck this. I'm, you know, I'm not going to let them take Ferrix. Um, I also love just like the- sparks that rebellion there in the Behind the the scenes from like the Empire side of like, look, they've asked for this and we've given them this. We've asked for this, but we've given them this. I'm like, yeah. They did that also on Aldani. They talked about like they they want to bring these people up. These people want to come up because mm-hmm. it's a sacred yeah. value. Them, so they can watch the eye and talking about like all the methods they use. It's a slow choke that um, yeah. what's his face talks about. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things they talked about was like they offer them transport. Of course, they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. We're going to have these refreshment stations along the way. They're going to get they're going to get so comfortable and drunk there. Most of them won't make it to the top anymore. Yeah. Eventually, they'll just lose interest with the entire thing. They'll stop coming. And yeah. like the the it's the nefarious nature of just chipping away at like these traditional indigenous people of the land, mm-hmm. the colonial 
realization of Aldani mm. and the the arrogance that came with that was it's like you that character's there for one episode and you hate him. <laughs> yeah. Hate him by yeah. the end of the episode. Even the way he treats his family, yeah, he's like, fuck awful. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um There's just there's so many details like that throughout that they don't have time to really sink their teeth into all of them, but like as a combined whole, just create I don't know, build up to something really, really wonderful. I think I, I don't have a lot more to say. I don't think just it is it is remarkably strong and just so refreshing that Star Wars can can really examine its world in this way. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really enjoyed it because of that. Is there anything else you want to talk about, particularly any characters or moments or? Um, okay, so what's the like the straight lace rule loving weirdo guy called Cyril? Cyril, um, I didn't, I didn't want him to come back. Like whenever he, we see him in the scenes with his like overbearing mum. I was like, okay, and then he's got like this weird, creepy crush on what's her face, and I was sure. like, okay, um, and I'm sure like moving forward, he's going to be an amazing character. But just as I was getting more invested in the other aspects of the show, I was not interested in anything that he was doing at all. It's yeah, it's it's. I think he's a slow burn in the background. Like we we well, deliber- we're assuming, deliberately yeah. he's kind of like the anti Andor, right? He's mm. going to be he's a true believer of the Empire. It seems mm-hmm. of the rules and of of control and like yeah, watching him and if if it's like. There's, we've got uh, Luthen and Andor and we've got Miro and Cyril and it's like they're yeah. our like pairings inside and mm-hmm. I I think what's going to be fun about Cyril is to watch this insipid bootlicker mm-hmm. sort of come to some sort of fate that is yes. going to be very deserving of well, him. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like now that he's earned his place by um, saving What's-Her-Face, I'm going to continue just to not know anyone's name. Miro. Uh, Miro. <clears throat> now that he has his place, no doubt that he's um, going to be more integral to the story and it's going to be interesting to see those two control freaks, oh, my gosh, deal with each other on a on a daily basis. Um, yeah, so I'm, I have no doubt it's going to be an interesting uh, character arc for him. I just like just in this season alone, I was just like, mm, go away. I'm interested actually where Miro goes from here because this kind of did not go well for her. Mm. Like, she had this operation on Ferex. Uh, there was a mass rebellion mm-hmm. um, and she didn't get a man. Mm-hmm. So, like, is she going to have to eat crow? Is she going to be demoted after this? I'm not sure. She's she's not going to come out of this thing and go, yeah, you're going up a rank. Do you know what I mean? Mm. At, at best, she stay where she is and she has to re, like, prove herself. I'm not sure. The other option is she gets like demoted back down to like a sergeant or something like that, and they're like working together to try and work her way back up in some way. Oh, God, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, like I'd working watch that outside workplace the comedy. rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm interested to see where that goes. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes, Damas? I don't. Uh, I had a couple of favourite lines. Um, the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Mm-hmm. Just a great little like analogy for the rebellion versus the empire. Uh, tell him I love him more than anything you could e- he could ever do wrong, which didn't even come directly from Mira. Uh, it came. Oh, sorry, uh, not Mira. Uh, Marva. Marva. It came through his mate, who mm-hmm. like got that message from her and then passed on to. I'll be honest. Cassian, I loved. If my mum, that was the last thing she said to me, I'd kind of take it as a backhanded compliment. 
you'd take as a backhanded compliment. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so you're going to assume I'm doing things wrong, mum? I mean, he was. He's a fuck up. What are you talking about? I know, but I, just, <laughs> I was just like, well, that seems unnecessarily cruel. Uh, I had two other questions. One is like, a, one, not even a question. One's a detail, one's a question. One that's a, that's a Star Wars thing as old as time. Mm-hmm. What is the point of Stormtrooper helmets if you can get headbutted and take a blow? Like, there's a bit in the, like, the, re- the rebellion at the end where they're having the protest. And, like, someone, like, with their clean forehead, headbutts a Stormtrooper helmet. And they're like, oh, It's like, what is the point of Do your you helmet? Do you think it's kind of like, you know, the executioner hood? So, it's like, so they're just like a faceless mask? They're just plastic. They're, like, made of, like, you yeah. know, the, the, like, the, the masks you get in show bags. Mm-hmm. They're, like, really thin plastic. Yes. There's just, like, nothing to them yeah. whatsoever. Uh, made of paper mache. There was also, there's not a lot of, like references or allusions to the original trilogy or anything like that. There's, there's one thing they did, I think, twice, or at least once very clearly and once a little bit like it, that's direct, like, homage to the original trilogy. Twice they close the door on Bix when she's about to be interrogated and or tortured, mm-hmm. and they sort of pull out of the room, close the door, and then, like, follow a guard as they walk past, which is exactly what happens in New Hope when Leia's getting tortured with the like the big ball droid thing when mm-hmm. Vader's going to torture her. Um, I was like, that's that was the only time I was like, that is a reference to an existing Star Wars thing. Um, I thought that was fun any, as well. It's just like, we can't show you this. We're going to look away and yeah. do it the way you've seen before. Highlight and low light. What was your low light of the season? Uh, my low light? Yeah. First three episodes? Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, I was just bored. The build-up is... Too slow on a first watch, at least. Again, mm-hmm. I think on a second watch, you know, with so much more context, I'm going to care more about that stuff. But as an introduction, I wonder how many people they lost by just being very, very, very dry yeah. <laughs> to begin with and not much exciting happening at all. What was your highlight? Um, it was that speech by blah, blah, Skarsgård. Um- <laughs> Skellen Skarsgård, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it just kind of, it got me. I was like, huh. That is not a perspective um, I have heard from that type of character before. I th- thought it was really well written, wonderfully performed, um, great context for that character and went a long way for me. Yep. Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan. Stellan Skarsgård. Cool name. Um, he's a cool He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Um, and it's funny, like, I think of, I've seen him a lot of things now, but like he plays like a bumbling scientist in the Marvel films and he's playing like this hard as mm. fucking nails uh, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, wasn't he? Like the second one? Oh, yeah. He was yeah. Bootstrap Bill. That's I think right. that's the first time I remember seeing yeah. him, like when I was younger. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say episode 10, the escape from mm, the prison. Brilliant, yeah. In terms of the build up to it mm-hmm. was great. And then the seeing that all take place, just mm-hmm. watching that unfold, like edge of my seat by my nose. That's funny because they do make you care. Just enough about the other people who work around that table, mm. like definitely Andy Serkis' character, but yeah. even the other guys. The other guys they, yeah, yeah, like you do, you do have some affection for them because of the way they help each other out, or mm. the, just the situation they're in makes yeah. you give a shit. Um, I was that was a beautifully realized episode of television. Uh, predictions, hopes, and concerns. I, I mean, I don't have any legitimate concerns at this stage. Um. And I, my hope is that now that um, I'm coming into season two with an understanding of each character, um, people have a also a better understanding of themselves in terms of like 
their beliefs or where they stand, things we're not going to have that three episode issue, which is really like um, a huge part of the, the downfall for this season for me. Um, so I say again, you don't the three episode issue because I think the second season will still do like three episode blocks. Like no, that. no, no, no. Like the the first three episodes uh, the were first fucking episode, boring sorry, is what saying. I'm talking okay, about. Gotcha, they're gotcha. they're not sorry. going to. They don't need to do that. Gotcha. Um, for season two, so yes. that that'll be great. Yeah, I um, we've only got one season to go. There's mm-hmm. only ever been two seasons. I think twelve episodes. We even know that. I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it knows what it wants to say. It knows how long it's got. Um, and a lot is likely to happen in that season because there's a lot of things and characters to deal with and get to a place where it's apparently meant to basically lead directly into Rogue One by the end of it. So that's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Um, I hope more than anything that Disney can, as I sort of said in my preamble, like realize that Star Wars can be more than just jetpacks and lasers. It can be different sorts of stories like this. Mm-hmm. Why not have a series that's set about retail workers on... Coruscant, if you want, 100%. or about like, like there are, we ca- like yes, obviously this is exciting. It's still about like the war and mm. the rebellion and stuff like that. But if it's just a good story with good writing, good performances, it doesn't have to even be that dramatic. If you don't want it to be, I just want more. I think I want more of this in general from Disney. I want them to believe that it's okay to really to not take a half step towards a different genre that has to be one foot remaining in what we already know mm-hmm. be willing to go that extra couple of steps further and like really take some chances and i think people are going to appreciate especially i get i keep getting this feeling that people are really fatigued with marvel now as well it's becoming very samey feeling yeah like you're gonna have to push the boundaries to keep people interested i think be re- and be refreshing in that way so i mm-hmm. hope they do that um I yeah, I'm fascinated to see what they learn, what lessons they learn from this. I hope it was popular enough, but yeah, very much looking forward to season two. I hope it comes out next year because I am keen. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Hull of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter. At B Gordis, that's B G O R D E S, Damask. Can't find me anywhere. If you need to contact me, you can contact Broad or the Hunting Seasons Twitter slash email. Next episode, which will be our second last review episode, episode 199, uh, we'll be back to discuss the White Lotus Season 2. We've already mm. watched all of that. I'm very much looking forward to discussing it. Me too. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.